We are way up here on the coast of Maine today. Yeah, we are. We're in the small town of Jonesport, Maine, standing by a short bridge that connects to Beals Island. You know, we're only about 40 miles from the Canadian border. Yeah, and there's not much to Jonesport. A few houses, a church, a couple of grocery stores, Mm -hmm. and the Coast Guard station. Right. This is the kind of town where everybody must know everybody. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, A place where you have to look out for your neighbors, you know, given the sea and the tough winters. Yeah, there's plenty of boats in the harbor, too. This is the kind of town where... Almost everybody has some kind of a boat. Yeah, for sure. And a boat is why we're here, Ray. There's a memorial up here on Bridge Street to a ship called the Nellie Chapin, a ship that sailed out of Jonesport back in 1866 with the hope of ending the world. Hey, I'm Jeff Belanger. And I'm Ray Ozier. Welcome to episode 294 of the New England Legends podcast. Thanks for joining us on our mission to chronicle every legend in New England one story at a time. We're glad you're riding along with us as we explore odd history, ghosts, monsters, UFOs, true crime, roadside oddities, and the just plain weird. Please click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a thing. Now, before we go searching for this 19th century doomsday vessel, we want to take just a minute to tell you about our sponsor, Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. New Audi Herbals. Jeff, the days are getting longer. Spring is here. It feels so good to be getting outside more again. Time to clean up outside and inside. I'm with you, Ray. And that's why I'm including Toxaway Tea from Nuati Herbals as part of my internal spring cleanup. Toxaway Tea promotes healthier skin and body. 
Toxaway tea has all natural ingredients because all New Adi Herbals products are all natural. Ingredients like green tea leaf, fennel seeds, orange peel granules, uh, rhubarb root, licorice root, cloves, and so much more. When I drink Toxaway tea in the morning, it kind of sets my intention for the day too. It's a reminder I'm taking better care of myself. I drink more water. I make sure to get in my daily exercise and things like that. And it all starts with what you put into your body. New Adi Herbals makes a difference. And... Their teas taste great. Let New Audi Herbals help support your healthy lifestyle. Check out the New Audi Herbals website to see all their great products, and you'll get 20% off your order when you use the promo code LEGENDS20 at checkout. Visit NuWadiHerbals.com. That's N-U-W-A-T-I, herbals with an S, dot com. All right, so you're saying back in 1866, a ship sailed here from Jonesport, Maine, with the objective of ending the world? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you mean the whole world, like... The planet Earth. Yeah, that one. Okay, one ship. Yep. Not some grand armada. Nope. I can't wait to see what we're planning today. Well, first, we're going to take a short walk up here to the bridge. Okay, so you see that marker up ahead on our right in the grass, just off the side of the road? That uh, headstone-looking thing? Yep, that's it. It looks like an average headstone you'd see in just about any cemetery. There's an old three-masted ship etched on the top third of the stone, uh, and the engraving underneath reads, Nellie Chapin Day, August 11th, 1866 to 1991, in honor of 157 New Englanders who sailed from Jonesport to Jaffa 125 years ago to help restore the land of Israel. That's the ship. So, by the way, Jaffa would be modern-day Tel Aviv, Israel. I don't see anything about trying to end the world on this monument, though. <laughs> and who erects a monument, back in 1991, no less, to people trying to end the world? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the headline is buried here, <laughs> which is why we've come to Jonesport. All right, here's a little bit more background on Jonesport. The town was granted a charter back in 1789, back when this was still considered Massachusetts. Sardine fishing helped fuel the local economy. In 1820, Maine became its own state, but not much else changed in Jonesport. Then, much later, it would be lobster, clams, and other shellfish that earned many livings around town. There were shipbuilding yards here. It was never a huge town, but it was a thriving port for many years. Okay, got it. And it once almost became ground zero for the beginning of the end of the world. Now, to figure out what happened... Let's head back to 1866. It's early August of 1866 here in Jonesport, Maine. A crew is preparing a three-masted bark called the Nellie Chapin for a transatlantic voyage. The Nellie Chapin is hauling some interesting cargo. Now, as you can see, some men are loading all kinds of lumber and agricultural equipment on board. Yeah, but it's not just lumber. It looks like pieces of a small house. Yeah. I could see some walls, some sections of roof, and things like that. Yeah, that's the idea. Reverend George Adams of the Church of the Messiah is leading a group of more than 150 Christian pilgrims to build some prefabricated housing. Now, for the last three years, Reverend Adams has been preaching his way up the coast of Maine. He's been selling an idea to meeting house audiences all across the state. He's charismatic. He's engaging. And he seems certain enough that scores of people are willing to uproot their lives and follow him. Now, the plan is to get this housing over to Jewish people in the city of Jaffa, which sits in the Ottoman Empire just about 5,000 miles away from Jonesport. Well, that's a kind thing to do, I, I guess. It's a lot of trouble, though, yeah. building the housing, hiring a ship, sailing it across the ocean. Uh, do they have family over there or something? No, nothing like that. So, like many other Christian scholars, Reverend Adams has read the Bible, and specifically the Book of Romans, 
chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. So go ahead and give it a read, Reverend Ray. Okay, it reads, Lest you be wise in your own conceits, I want you to understand this mystery, brethren. A hardening is come upon part of Israel until the full number of Gentiles come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The Deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So many people interpret that passage to mean that Jesus can't return until Israel is returned to the Jewish people. The city of Jaffa is the biblical land of Israel, which currently sits in the hands of the Ottoman Empire. Reverend Adams is convinced that if his pilgrims can sail aboard the Nelly Chapin to Jaffa and build housing for a Jewish settlement, then Israel can return to the Jewish people. Jesus can return to the earth and bring on all the fun things that happen in the book of Revelation. Right, like the plagues, the seas boiling, droughts, (laughs) eternal darkness, and the final battle between good and evil. Yeah, that's exactly the stuff. (laughs) And Reverend Adams would just like to hurry that whole thing along, so he's building houses for Jewish people in Jaffa. Exactly. Uh, And Reverend Adams' followers are convinced as well. I mean, many of them have given up everything to make this project work. They've invested all their money, quit their jobs, and they're committed to moving overseas to rebuild Israel and bring on the second coming of Jesus and, of course, the end of days. It's August 11th, when Reverend Adams and his 156 followers and the crew of the Nelly Chapin sail with the tide toward Jaffa. The ocean voyage is long and arduous. For 42 days, the Nelly Chapin sails eastward. On September 22nd, the ship finally pulls into the port of Jaffa. Everyone on board is grateful to be back on solid ground, and Reverend Adams is eager to get to work fulfilling his mission. I'm not sure what Reverend Adams expected to find when they landed in Jaffa, but he made no arrangements ahead of time. He hadn't purchased the land to build this new settlement that will give Israel back to the Jewish people, and basically his group has no place to stay either. So... They build a tent village outside the walls of Jaffa. Now, this doesn't exactly seem like prime real estate. (laughs) No. It's right next to a cemetery, and it's not within the walls of Jaffa. Reverend Adams' people are dejected. But true to form, Reverend Adams tells his flock that this is merely a test of their faith and mettle. That faith gets tested further as more weeks go by, and they realize that nearby cemetery out there is because the people of Jaffa buried some cholera victims in these grounds to keep them away from the population. Cholera is contagious even after death. Within the first few months, nine children die from infections and disease. It's awful. It's heartbreaking. But Reverend Adams insists this is all part of their test of faith. It's clear the devil is attempting to intervene in their noble mission to bring on the second coming of Christ. Finally, Reverend Adams purchases the land and his followers get to work. building New England-style houses in Jaffa. Others in the group begin farming the land. I mean, they'll need food to survive. But these hardy New England farmers are learning a harsh reality. Farming on this land is nothing like farming back home in New England. The soil is different. Crops are failing. Reverend Adams' group is running out of food and money. So they start writing letters to New England newspapers, asking folks back home to please send money to support their noble Christian cause. More weeks go by. All they can do now is wait and pray, with food running as low as their morale. 
Reverend Adams starts drinking. Members of his congregation start arguing amongst themselves. As weeks melt into months, those with any sort of money left to their name plan their escape from this miserable existence they now find themselves in. The number of the colony dwindles as groups find passage on ships bound for anywhere but here. After more than a year, the group is down to less than half of its original size. Some have died, others have left. Then, a group of 40 members of Reverend Adams's group have scraped together enough money to get on board the next ship bound for wherever it's going. The thought being, they stand a better chance of getting home from somewhere else. The 40 set sail on a ship carrying a pretty famous passenger, none other than writer Mark Twain. Here's what Twain says about the group. At Jaffa, we had taken on board some 40 members of a very celebrated community. They were male and female, babies, young boys and young girls, young married people, and some who had passed a shade beyond the prime of life. I refer to the Adams Jaffa colony. We left in Jaffa Mr. Adams, his wife, and 15 unfortunates who not only had no money, but did not know where to turn or whither to go. Our 40 were miserable enough in the first place, and they lay about the decks seasick all the voyage, which about completed their misery, I take it. However, one or two young men remained upright, and by constant persecution, we wormed out of them some little information. The colony was a complete fiasco. The prophet, Adams, once an actor, then several other things, afterward a a Mormon and a missionary, always an adventurer, remains at Jaffa with his handful of sorrowful subjects. The forty we brought away with us were chiefly destitute, though not all of them. They wished to get to Egypt. What might become of them then they did not know, and probably did not care anything to get away from hated Jaffa. They had little to hope, because after many appeals to the sympathies of New England, made by strangers of Boston through the newspapers, and after the establishment of an office there for the reception of moneyed contributions for the Jaffa colonists, one dollar was subscribed. It was evident that practical New England was not sorry to be rid of such visionaries, and was not in the least inclined to hire anybody to bring them back to her. Thus circumstanced, they landed at Alexandria from our ship. One of our passengers, Mr. Moses Beach of the New York Sun, inquired of the Council General what it would cost to send these people to their home in Maine by way of Liverpool, and he said $1,500 in gold would do it. Mr. Beach gave his check for the money, and so the troubles of the Jaffa colonists were at an end. After purchasing some land, building a few houses, and a failed farm, Reverend Adams' colony dissolves to nothing. And that brings us back to today.
So not to ruin the ending, but uh, Reverend Adams and his followers did not restore the land of Israel to the Jews and did not bring on the second coming or end of the world, which brings us back to this stone monument here in Jonesport. Yeah, this monument seems to paint a rosy and different picture of what actually happened. So it's worth reading the stone again. The part that says Nellie Chapin Day, August 11th, 1991, the day the stone was placed to, quote, honor 157 New Englanders who sailed from Jonesport to Jaffa 125 years ago to help restore the land of Israel. Yeah, that part. Okay. It sort of makes it sound noble, right? Yeah, yeah, right. When in reality, the trip was a complete disaster based on the delusions of a preacher who convinced a bunch of people to give up everything, all in the name of what would ultimately result in the end of the world. Yeah, a big-time disaster that even made it into one of Mark Twain's books. If you go to Tel Aviv today, there's three houses still standing that those pilgrims built, and they stick out, too. The house, whose address is now at the corner of 3rd and Auerbach Street 10, still has a wooden clapboard siding that doesn't look like the stucco or cement architecture of most of the other housing in the region. Today, they call it the main friendship house. I'm glad something they built indoors, but still, we've explored end-of-the-world stories before. In every one of those cults, the world ultimately doesn't end. It goes on. Literally 100% of people who said this is the end have been proven wrong. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) But still, faith untested isn't faith at all. I sort of get making this grand gesture to further something you believe in, and providing housing for people without a home is a good and noble thing for sure. But for the faithful, The challenge is finding the delicate balance between blind faith in something and stupidity. Well, we hope you have enough faith in us to join us for After the Legend, where we take a deeper dive into this week's story and sometimes veer off course. After the Legend is brought to you by our mighty Patreon patrons. These folks kick in just three bucks per month, though some choose to give a little more, to help with our mission. And we appreciate it. They know that great content isn't free. If you can help, we'd sure appreciate it as well. Just go to patreon.com slash New England Legends and you'll get early access to new episodes plus bonus episodes and content that no one else gets to hear. Uh, Also, if you want to see some images of Reverend Adams, the monument, and that house in Israel, just click on the link in our website description uh, or go to our website and click on episode 294. The world didn't end, Ray. No, and it continues to be threatened by, uh, you know, well, I, I guess it's safe to say religious folk 99% of the time and then of course there's governments with nukes oh that's true too yeah I didn't, I didn't consider the government <laughs> they actually could do it yeah <laughs> right they just don't predict it I think like the religious folks do. right yeah and there's been so many um you know doomsday call they made the news we've seen them yeah. right um and then you, you could take the counter argument that for some of those folks well the world did end <laughs> when, when you drank that kool-aid yeah. yeah the world was over for you wasn't it yeah, how do you know? How do you go back? I mean, I guess it all depends on what you believe in, but the world ended for you as far as you knew. Yeah. Earth had blown up. Sure. But if you can imagine that whatever world you believe in, we can see down on everybody. It's like, what the hell? You what? lied to What me? happened? What? You said drink this and we're gone. <laughs> yeah, people playing down there, they're all having a good time. I'm Come not on. on a spaceship behind a comet. <laughs> I cut things of me off. <laughs> right. <laughs> what have I done, right? So much goes into it, too. I mean, not just ending it, but the cutting and the 
promise of spaceships and so there there are there are many devout christians today that, that still argue that the land of israel is not fully restored to the yeah. jewish people palestine i mean that's that's been a war zone only since the beginning of time it, yeah. right just for the last like 10,000 <laughs> years it's been a war zone uh nice but, vacation spot right i mean that's, there's sections that are beautiful of sure, course sure. but i'm saying this is a land of turmoil yeah so uh but my point is this my friends my my christian friends my devout people who believe every word of the Bible, what's your rush? Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Live a long, happy life. Sure. And it's still coming, right? Don't worry about it. Something uh, is coming. Yes. What's your Obviously, rush? Our own little worlds will end. I, I, why are you trying to hurry this along? And these are not the first by yeah. far. They won't be the last. Well, that, that's always been my gripe is spending all this time wondering about the end, planning for the end, right. and then losing that time here. Right. You know, just enjoying what you do have in front of you. Do your best. Do good things. Yeah. Live a good life. Take care of others. Help others. And and uh, when that time comes, whatever it is, you'll get your reward, right? I mean, that's... that's... When I'm bedridden, maybe I'll start thinking about it. Right. When but... I can't take care of myself, it's, all right, now let's delve into this, uh, dive into this thing. It, it feels almost like the ultimate, like, I told you so. Like, so so what are you doing, Jeff? You're going you're gonna to give up everything you own, and you're going to get on this boat, and you're going to go to Jaffa, yeah. and you're going to build some houses, and that's going to bring upon the second coming and the end of the world. Mm. Yeah, that's my plan, <laughs> right? And you're like, I'll show you, Ray. I'll show you. The world's going to end, and you'd be like, oh, that Jeff was right, yeah. right before the fire and brimstone takes you out. I'm like, I don't know. That's a long way to go for, you know, I told you so. Wasn't the Mayan calendar thing not too yeah. long ago? Yeah, yeah. It was and then it just ago. came and went. I'll tell you, I was nervous that day. A little bit. It was a piece of me. The, I was nervous too, but not because of the calendar running out. I was nervous because of what people might do. Oh, yeah. Well, so, that too. so the calendar, by the way, the Mayan calendar was incredibly uh, intricate and brilliant. They, mm. they noticed the movement of the stars and everything else. But what happens when you get to the end of your annual calendar? We'll flip over to the next one, or I ask you for a new one. That's what the Mayan calendar did, too. It, By the way, it's it, not January. It, no, you haven't, <laughs> you haven't moved. I have a Legends calendar, and it's still on January. Only because I love that photo it's so much, I photo. think, from yeah. our buddy. Frank Grace, Frank yeah. Grace, yeah. So, so the Mayan calendar, just it's just the wheel went around again, yeah. you know, and started another many thousand year, you know, cycle. Um, so, yeah, it, it didn't run out. It just reached the end of its its point to where it would start over again. Right. Um, but yeah, we're always, and I, we always sort of look somewhere on the horizon. We need to believe, remember it was 2000, the year 2000, all the planes were going to fall out of oh, the yeah. sky. Oh, Number yeah. two pencils weren't going to work anymore, yep. right? Like everything was going to stop. And then, you know, I remember being a little nervous, 1999. Oh, I, was, I remember watching the ball drop and everything and expecting everything to go blank, dark. Yeah. Dark, just like, black, yeah, anything. Yeah. And then you're like, huh, we're still here. <laughs> right. And, uh, and we got through it. We survived. Yeah. But there always has to be, there was a, a doomsday Christian cult not that long ago that yeah. said, you know, this is the end and we're going to just wait it out. They didn't do anything radical to their credit. Mm. They just said, oh, shoot, we wake up on, we woke up on this day and realized uh, we were wrong. Yeah. Which is nice for the rest of us to be like, yeah, see? <laughs> um, and don't forget, it always starts with the leader. It's not a group of people that get together and say, hey, let's all believe in this one thing together all at the same time. Nope. It's a leader that leads people into these beliefs, which many call a cult. Sure. Well, the difference. So you know the difference between a cult and a religion. What numbers? <laughs> right. Yeah. If there's a dozen of us in the woods, like right. we're a cult. If there's like 
20,000 of us, we're tax exempt. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Right? It's true. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's, you get more people to buy in and you're a religion. You get just a small handful and I'm trying to get out of cult status. Can we get some more members here? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to upgrade, right? We need, we need to grow this cult into a nonprofit full on religion. Um, but no, it's, uh, I get it. And you can call it misguided, but I think we live in a time where people just want to believe in something. And mm-hmm. if you believe in something, then you got to be committed to it all the way into the ground. Right. And that's, that's a, that's when it goes from like, you know, maybe guiding your moral compass to, you know, self-destruction. Yeah. Which eh, that's not good for anybody. No. Cause there's always an end date with these beliefs. Right. So, uh, there was the mind calendar. It was like, it was like, it was like May 12th or something. This was years ago. And this, this is, it was a a religious leader that had a radio show, a national radio show. And he said, Oh, I've done the math the biblical math and it's this date. And you know, it's going to be great. We're all going to go be with Jesus. And I remember a coast to coast AM. I've been a guest a number of times. The guy, the guest that was on before me was a member of this group. And he said, uh, and then the the host George Norrie said, Hey, um, I want to talk to you on May 13th. And he's like, uh, I don't believe I'll be here. And he's like, okay, but if you are, yeah. will you please come on and talk to me? Can we, can we make that? A, so if you're, if you're so sure, then make the appointment now. Yeah. And the guy's like, okay, I guess. And I, I forgot to listen on the, that day, <laughs> but you know, what an interview that would be the next day. So how are you feeling? <laughs> well, so the seventh day Adventists, right? That was an offshoot of the, I think it was the Millerites yeah. who, who believed the world was going to end. And they all went on this hill. They sold all their goods and they waited and waited. And then they were like, uh Oh, now what do we do? Well, it's usually a, well, you know, we forgot to carry the two and it's, right. it's coming. It's just somebody did. Our accountant was a little off with the math. Do you think if, if you thought the world was going to end in your lifetime, yeah. um, how do you live your life? To the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, wouldn't be preparing for it. I'd be, it's happening. So I might as well live it up. Right. Good. Just ride the surfboard right into the ground. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. No, I agree. If, if there's nothing you can do about it, if it's out of my hands, how do you live your life? I mean, this is a country song, right? Live like you were dying. That's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Ride. Makes two, me cry every time. 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu, right? Right? <laughs> right? You just go skydiving and Rocky Mountain climbing. Like, That's what you do. There's a good lesson there because you don't know. That's funny. He did have a date, sort of, of the end of, you know, it's it's going to end. Yeah. Dad had cancer. He knew it was going to end, so he rode that bull and went skydiving. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's, um, there is a lesson there because, yeah, and we've lost friends too young to illness, disease, accidents, you know, yeah. suicide, sadly. I mean, so if, 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 we, if you really need that end date, well, it's there. It's yeah. just down the horizon beyond what you can see. Don't wait for it. Yeah. Don't sit around waiting for it. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Don't yeah. wait for it. Just be. Yeah. Maybe, maybe live our life, you know. Could maybe, we start a cult that believes in that? Uh, it's patreon.com slash New England Legends. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a cult. It's almost a religion. We just need a few more. <laughs> now, if you've got a strange story you think we should check out, please reach out to us anytime through our website. Most of our story leads come from you. Also, be sure to share this episode with a friend or two or post it on social media. Maybe shout about it in a crowded grocery store. We're always looking for new members for our New England Legends Street team. We'd like to thank Michael Leggy for lending his voice acting talents this week. Thank you to our sponsor, New Audio Herbals. Thanks so much to our Patreon patrons. Not a cult, by the way. And our theme music is by John Judd. Until next time, remember, the bazaar is closer than you think. <laughs> <laughs>